This is Seth Williams, and you're watching Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and joining us today, of course, the miserable, the the in the inconceivable, the disgusting, the man himself, the trash man. Trash man, what the hell's going on, brother? Uh, not too much. Um, waiting for the sun. The That's sun. Usual. Is it, it ain't coming out just yet? Not yet. You're you're not on Twitter, so you, so you didn't see my tweets yesterday. Uh, I got a well drilled yesterday. It was like a brand new well. Okay. <laughs> it was dude. It was like it was like I had it. It was like I, I had a, a spaceship. I didn't know you had an old. One. I didn't know you had an old well. How the fuck do you think I get water out here, trash man? You think a mule brings know. it on its back? I don't know. It takes it up the hill. Like, I get water. No, from the man. pipes. No, no. I, 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 get, I get water from a PVC pipe that comes 600 feet up from under my house. Um, Trashman and I have a few topics to discuss with you guys today. We've been known by our SE, we've been let known by our SEO overlords at Roster Watch and our marketing guys at Roster Watch that there's a hot button topic that we must discuss today and we must title the podcast as, which is overvalued players in early uh early fantasy leagues for 2021 so we'll go over some of those um we will talk a little bit about the best ball cheat sheet where i will be uh i'll be um putting version 1.1 up on the side at some point this week there's been some changes uh in it due to the fact that i've done you know probably five or six best ball drafts testing it since the first one went out last week there are some players that i just find myself in spots where i'm just you know I'm going against the sheet and I'm taking other players and that can't be the case. So I've, I've, uh, I've made the sheet to where it would be, it would be exactly what I would be doing and what our analytics said we should be doing in some spots. I want to talk to the trash man about some of those. And we also have an interview with Auburn wide receiver, Seth Williams, that Byron got uh, when he was up at uh, MJP last week, as they get ready for the Michael Johnson performance combine up there in Dallas, we'll play that for you. But first just wanted to talk a little bit, about Seth Williams. A reminder, if you like the podcast, you like what we're doing, if you want the frequency of the podcast to continue as it is, as we recover from the winter storms here in Texas and get back in the saddle, please give us a rating and a review and Apple Podcasts. You don't know how much that stuff helps. And also, of course, any uh, thumbs up, stars, anything you could leave on YouTube, helpful as well. All right, trash man. Uh, Seth Williams, um, probably so... He was a junior. He came out as a junior from Auburn. Uh, from what I can tell, watching the 2020 games last night and this morning, his quarterback, uh, you know, you can see some quarterbacking with Jarrett Stidham. You see some with this dude, Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix kind of sucks. Um, and th th this has been a run-heavy Auburn attack, right? But Seth Williams is a prospect, probably somewhere between 6'2 and 6'3. We don't have the exact measurements on him. Somewhere between 215 and two. 
twenty, I'd say. Two twenties. Two twenties. What I read, but okay. So probably two twenty. I've just I've I've seen different things. I've seen him at two. I've seen him at two thirteen. I've seen him at two twenty five. I've seen him at two twenty. So that'll be interesting to find out sort of where he is. I think he sort of play. I think two twenty is about what he plays like. Um, if you look at his production in college uh, and his, his his final season at Auburn, where they actually did play a full season, he was a. I mean, his his with his market share, a twenty two percent market share of team receptions, a thirty one percent market share of team receiving yards, a thirty three percent market share of uh, team receiving touchdowns. So if you take an average of all of those to get a total production score, it's like well, like a point two nine. When you look at that in the context of his offense, the only players who were better producers than Seth Williams this year uh, were, you know, with, within the context of their offenses that we've done at least so far would be Devonte Smith from Alabama, uh, Tylen Wallace from uh, Oklahoma state, shy Smith from South Carolina, um, Cade Johnson, who played against a much lower level of competition uh, at South Dakota state. Um, right. I mean, it's be- it was better than Diami Brown. It was better than Jamar chase it was better than you know Terrace Marshall, uh, better than Amari Rogers, but, you know, better than Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, you know, so as far as within the context of his offense, actually really good. Byron said when he saw him up there at MJP, it was weird because Byron's comp was a little bit like a Keenan Allen. I don't know if that's his body type doesn't seem very Keenan Allenish to me, and he seems kind of it seems more of his style is more beastly, contested catch. You know, he can go up and get it kind of guy. Um, as far as the breakout age, he broke out at a really young age. He, he came on as a, uh, as a freshman True freshman. Yeah. So that's always good to, that's always good to see highly touted recruit the athleticism. I don't know. I don't know about the straight line speed. Um, I do know that if you look at our roster watch versus Roto, <coughs> Roto underworld, um, dynasty rookie mock that we did just like a week ago, uh, Josh Larkey from the underworld took him in round four. Uh, was it round four? I believe, yeah, round four, pick two. He took Seth Williams, and that to me feels like a round four pick on Seth Williams in a dynasty rookie draft. To me, you know, just now as I'm getting to kind of start studying him, feels. Pre- I I like Seth Williams. <laughs> I think he's pretty good. Like, tell me, tell me what you think. Uh, do you think that that round four is uh, is is right for him in dynasty and i mean dude if if i had this do all over again before i'm not saying i would have taken him all the way ahead where i took Kadarius tony in this mock at 3.02 but i don't see that big of a difference with how much i favor Kadarius tony versus how much i favor seth williams i think that the nfl will like Kadarius tony a lot more just because of his speed i think so too and i mean i like what i've seen from seth williams you know the thing is, it's a lot of contested catches. He makes a lot of – he's got really good hands, and he makes a lot of contested catches. The only thing is, with contested catches, that means is that means he's not getting <laughs> he can't separation. Separate. He can't separate. Yeah, he, he, and so – That's why I thought the Keenan Allen comp – I thought the Keenan Allen comp was a little weird because here's the thing. When, when, when Byron saw him at MJP, that was just him working out with Terrace Marshall and Van Jefferson and Coach D-Rob. It was just those guys out there running routes. And so if he wasn't going against a DB in these routes, maybe what Byron's lizard brain took from it is the fact that this guy's kind of slow, like Keenan Allen. (laughs) 
but but possession like, receiver line. But yeah, it didn't. But the but the thing is, you can't see Keenan Allen's just route running mystery, you know, until you see him like on a football field versus other, you know, the the way he sits in the zones, the way he finds space, yeah. the, like. It's just like he's like clearly one of the best route runners in the in the league. You know that's goes without saying. Um, I, Williams, I Williams Williams is a solid route runner in, in my estimation. Well, it's just but he doesn't come from a pass. He, he this isn't a passing offense where he's been able to refine those skills as much as you would like. I I think so. It's just I think when Byron said Keenan Allen, maybe it's like maybe a little bit slower, maybe kind of looks more like a possession guy. Maybe in these routes versus air, he has really good hands and the type of framing abilities that we're used to seeing out of Keenan Allen. I'm not sure it's the best comp though, because I don't think, I don't think he'll be as polished a route. I mean, it would, it would take like a 99th percentile outcome from to be as polished a route runner coming out as Keenan Allen was. And what do, what, 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 what reason would we have to think that that was, like reasonable to just expect a 99th percentile outcome out of some guy. I mean, I know that we love that he works out with coach D Rob and stuff. I mean, that he's, that certainly helps, but um, that would be my concern. I'm not as concerned about the fact that it always looks, I mean, that the, the fact that Mary Strashman is on a bunch of those tosses, especially if you look back at the, some of the balls he caught from um, Stidham, I think in 2018, like, whether he was getting separation or not, he like he was like he 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 had, he he got down the field. I mean, he could get down the field on you with some with some long speed. Um, I'm with you where I'm kind of interested to see where he comes in with his agility and just general general explosive his, stuff. His, his hips seem a little bit tight. I can see that. I, mean, I can I can see that a little bit. Um, yeah, and that would definitely be one of the things. Where, like that's another thing where it's like, you know the complete opposite of a Keenan Allen where he looks like a damn Gumby out there through his hips and his ankle flexion and stuff like that. So um not sure where, the, you know, I'm glad Byron got his eyes on him. Byron will have yeah. his own kind of write-ups and everything that he'll, he'll want to talk about. But for me, I think Seth Williams, I'm intrigued by him. I like him better than guys going in. I think I would, I think I might take him at, would you take him ahead of Shy Smith in a dynasty league? Uh, I I mean I, I think so maybe just because I don't think he's going to be as reliant on the scheme that he's in um, as a shy Smith might be. Yeah, I, I think, that, but I just I think that he's a guy, Seth Williams. He's in, he's going to become interesting in the third round of of dynasty rookie drafts, and we'll kind of start slotting him there as we get ready for the dynasty rookie cheat sheet. Of course, landing spot will be. You know, if he goes to Baltimore or something like that, he'll probably be a guy we don't we probably don't want yeah, too I much. I mean, of. what he what he looks like to me is a guy that somebody can use in the red zone a lot. So, you know, he might be largely touchdown dependent on the next level in the next level. But you know, there's use for guys like that in fantasy. Byron was able to talk to Seth Williams there, uh, thanks to Coach D Rob and to Michael Johnson performance for the access. We will play that audio for you here right now. Byron Lambert here with wide receiver Seth Williams Jr. out of Auburn. Seth, how's the NFL draft process treating you so far, man? It was good. Um, not a lot like I expected it to be because you know COVID, COVID around. But you know, I'm making the best of it on things that's going on. What are you focused on the most throughout this process? What do you think the NFL teams really want to see from you specifically? Uh, focus on my speed and my route running. I think that's what they want to see the most out of me. So I'm um, trying to perfect that and do it the best I can. 
Well, I think it's actually funny that you say that because I've been doing this for 10 years, Seth. I go to training camps around the country every year and I was watching it today and I could not help but think about Keenan Allen, a player that I've seen at Chargers training camp many, many times. Um, I know speed and route running was like a big, uh, were the main things people were focused on him coming out. Who do you compare yourself to in the NFL? Uh, I'll probably say I compare myself a little bit of DK on Devontae Adams. Them two people I watch the most, so I try, I try to take my game a little bit from both of them. Well, hell, those are two terrific players, that's for sure. Uh, tell me a little bit, what do you think is going to surprise people uh, about you at the next level that maybe you don't think they're talking about enough? Uh, you're just going to have to wait to see. I don't got no, not no expectation for myself. I know I got high expectations for myself, but I just got to wait to see it. Well, you want to tell folks a little bit here about uh, – Seth Williams, the man. I mean, you want to tell us a little bit, just so people get to know you, man. What are your What are your hobbies? What are your interests? What else What else do you love in life, man? I'm just a quiet person. Um, this person that's laid back, don't do too much. Just love playing football. All right, man. Well, we wish you the very best, and we want you to stay healthy through this process. And we can't wait to see you play on Sundays. Take care, Seth. Appreciate it. All right, so there you have it. Seth Williams seems seems like a good kid. Uh, sir, I, moving up my personal board. A little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do more work on him. I've only done my pre- preliminary work. Of course, you can find uh, Trashman and I work on all of our rookie spotlights over at rosterwatch.com. You can get access to those with a pro membership. Also, the Dynasty rookie sheet will be out soon. Um, the uh, best ball cheat sheet is already up. I want to talk about the best ball cheat sheet, but, by, but uh, Trashman just told me that he had just finished his Jalen Waddle stuff. I'm, I'm really curious what you thought of Jalen Waddle. Trash man, because it's like Daniel Jeremiah is talking about moving him up to wide receiver one, possibly in this draft. We have Jim Nagy from the senior bowl who's come out and said, you know, he's going to be the first wide receiver picked just the same way he said Henry Ruggs would be last year. And it blew everybody's skirts up and it turned out to actually be true. Um, Teams really seem to love Jalen Waddle's speed. And his athletic measurables, and if you just look at what he was able to do in the first four games of the 2020 season before he got hurt, uh, he was he. I mean, he 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 was off to a strong, to quite strong start. A lot of people say that heck, if Jalen Waddle wouldn't have got hurt last year, wouldn't have left all that meat on the bone for Devontae Smith to get done what he was able to get done within that Alabama offense. Uh, what did you think? What do you what do you think of what did you think of Jalen Waddle? It looks like we don't have a weight on him yet. He's probably somewhere around five ten, maybe one eighty five or 80, so. One eighty five. And the production clearly, you know, the we we the production from twenty twenty was you know non existent because we we only had the the well, the four game sample. But for our production metrics over on the site, we used twenty twenty plus his best college year. And still, even when you do that, it's not it's really, really not good production, um, because when you have his best college year, which is predominantly the meat of what we've used for his production score. And it's and it's averaged in with what it was in 2020, where it was only like for a four game sample, even the fact that since all the numbers were so astronomical in 2020. Right. As far as the teams, I mean, in 2020, this team's total fucking receipt, like, let me just, like, this team had a total of 324 receptions in 2020. It had, it had 4,656 receiving yards in 2020. It had 42 receiving touchdowns in 2020. That's He's not going to have a big market share, even when you combine his best season 
with the limited 2020 season simply because he didn't play much of 2020, if that makes sense. Regardless, NFL teams aren't going to get up all in their get up all in their feelings about everything I just talked about. They're going to look at yeah. the films. What do you what do you think about Jalen Waddle? I mean, his talent's pretty hard to deny on tape. I mean, he's one of these human joystick kind of players, really fast, really explosive off the line. Um, gets really good angles running down the field, sees the field really well. Um, I think, you know, he was used primarily as a utility player, you know, up and up until he, you know, up until his last season when he, he, he had an ankle injury. Um, but prior to that, when he was with Devontae Smith, Jerry, Judy, um, and, and um, Henry Ruggs, he was used primarily as a utility player. And I would say considering that he was a utility player during that time, I thought his production was decent considering, you know, how much time Tommy actually got on the field. Um, he had seven touchdowns his, his, his freshman year, um, which is, I think, really impressive for someone of his size, you know, being someone, you know, only 5'10", maybe 185 pounds. He's probably smaller than that when he came in to the uh, into the into into Alabama. So I'm really impressed by his ability to get separation. Um, he high points the ball. He's got a wide, um, he's got a wide catch radius considering, you know, how small he is. He, he you uses think he'll all come in? Do you, do you, do you think he'll, 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 he'll come in with larger, with, with longer arms than you'd expect from a uh, Maybe. I don't know if it's even his arms. He, he high points the ball a lot. Um, he just uses, he just uses his athleticism uh, to get a lot of balls that maybe, you know, other guys, his size, would have trouble getting. Um, I was really impressed by him. I think the only reason I would maybe not elevate him, you know, that high is that it might be a, like a LaVisca Chenault type situation where he gets on a team and, you know, because, because of how he was used in the, um, in college teams might not really know how to best, um, implement him, um, in the NFL. Um, but he's a really good kick returner, so he's probably going to get action early and often in the NFL. Do you think it's but, crazy? That, do you think it's crazy that some people say he's wide receiver one? I mean, watching him on the plays where he gets open and just devastates the defense. No, I, I mean, if if Henry Ruggs is a viable wide receiver, first wide receiver off the board, then Jalen, I could that's conceivable for Jalen Waddle. College yards per reception, it's just 21.1 yards. I'm looking at the play on, on player profiler. That's per, per those guys, that's the 96th percentile within their, their database. So, I mean, dude, the dude can get downfield and, yeah. and get open and catch the football. It's just that the target share has been bad. He's had good teammates. You know, it's just to me, that sounds to me, that sounds like a Henry Ruggsy kind of profile. I, I don't know, man. Um, the, uh, the, you mentioned about the arms, you know, we saw at the senior bowl, a guy like Tylen Wallace, who you've watched, who seems like you kind of, we talk about his catch radius, even though he's only five foot 11, you know, it seems like he's got the catch radius. And then you go and you see him at the senior bowl and, you know, he weighs in with almost 33 inch arms. Uh, I think Jalen Waddle has, you know, whenever I watched him, I kind of noticed too, that he kind of has some, some long arms. So that was uh, interesting to hear from you. And I'll be interested to see how he measures out. With that, how does I, I I know you don't have him ranked yet. Where does he stack up with you? I mean, is he? You're not going to make him your wide receiver one, are you? That's not going to be the. I don't think I'll make him my wide receiver one. I mean, I 
he, I mean, he, he looks like a top five to me. I, I feel like the level of competition that he's faced and considering that he wasn't really a full-time player and still, you know, managed to get seven touchdowns his rookie season. Um, and an average, he averaged, I think 19 yards per catch his rookie season. It was better in the following year. I think that's when he was up to 21. Um, I, it's, it's hard to bet against his talent, his speed, his explosiveness. I mean, he, he's not going to be used as a blocker. Um, he might be someone that you put in the slot, you know, in the NFL. Um, so he doesn't see a lot of press. He didn't really seem to face a lot of press at Alabama. Well, he'll be because- he'll be the same shit. He'll be the same thing. He'll be the same stretch as he they, they move they moves into the slot and doesn't have to face a ton of press. And, and the fact, do you know what the fact of the matter is? People always talk about this shit about facing facing press and like, I mean, how how often do these guys really even face press face a really hardcore press against a good corner in the NFL? It's like it didn't like yeah. even, it didn't even like it happens every week. So yeah, um, I mean, if I like, I mean, if I like Dane, Dwayne Eskridge as much as I do, um, I feel like Jalen Waldo deserves that kind of consideration because I think that they're similar players, but Waddle had different competition. To me, the way it shake to me, I think the way it'll shake out with me is I'm not going to put him ahead of Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase. I've done my I've done my work on those guys. Would you put him I, in front of Terrace Martin? Terrace Marshall. Mar- Terrace Marshall. Sorry. I, yeah, I think I would. My 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 question would be: Do I put him ahead of Rondale Moore and or Rashad Bateman? And those are guys that we can talk about on a future show if if you'd want. But um, I I think I have a hard time getting him ahead of either. Either of those guys, but I still have a I still have a little bit of work to do with finalizing our, our reports on all three of those players. All that will be available over at rosterwatch.com. We're gonna help you through all your dynasty stuff. Okay, trash man from 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 dynasty over to best ball. Wanted to ask you about a few things. Where do you think um Najee Harris comes off the board? I know we'll just start with a rookie here. This won't be all rookie talk, but I wanted to ask you about it. You tell me. If if a best ball draft peels off like this, you you tell me when you say, you know what, screw it. I'm going to go with a rookie here, side unseen, as far as where he's going to be drafted, knowing that we think so highly of Najee Harris, that it looks like he catches the ball like Matt Forte, but has a body of Adrian Peterson. Um, so you just tell me when. So let's say this thing slices off with Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, some kind of Saquon Barkley, you know, Dalvin, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Alvin Kamara, somebody then now somebody starts to take Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Zeke, Cam Akers, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones. We don't know where the hell he's going yet. No, no, still, still not yet. De- DeAndre Swift, who's playing for a new caveman, and, and Dan Campbell, uh, Stephon Diggs, Michael Thomas. Josh Jacobs, uh, J.K. Dobbins goes off the board. DeAndre Hopkins goes off the board. Are you still not taking Najee Harris? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Anto- Antonio Gibson goes off the board. Justin Jefferson goes off the board. Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, Calvin Ridley, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, James Robinson. Maybe around there, maybe. Trash man, trash man. I do you know do you know where I do you know where I've been priced in on this damn cheat sheet? Where exactly where you said to stop? 
Exactly. It's a choice between Najee Harris and Keenan Allen with James Robinson, the very next choice. Certainly, certainly you 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 like you like taking a side unseen gifted rookie better than taking um David Montgomery, correct? I mean, <laughs> if, we're t- if it's Najee Harris. With, with, yeah, but what do you think about Montgomery with, with, with Tariq Cohen coming back? There's no way he's going to do what he did to end the, 29, the 2020 season, right? I, it's, I think it all depends. You know, I, I, we don't know who their quarterback is going to be. Um, I think that's going to play some role in there. Um, I guess it's a pipe dream that Russell Wilson goes to Chicago, but, um, with hey, let me ask you: With all this Russell Wilson bullshit, does it make you a little bit less bullish on DK Metcalf? It makes me a dynasty want to take Tyreek Hill over over DK Metcalf as the wide receiver one. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I take Hill over Metcalf. The, and and the, and the reason I like Hill more than Metcalf is the wide receiver one is just because I know he's locked in through twenty twenty three. So if I get one, two, three, if I know I'm getting three years of the Mahomes Tyreek Hill connection, I I I don't I don't. I don't care. I mean, Tyreek Hill is how yeah. old is how, how old is Tyreek? Uh, he's you is know, it twenty five? I think he's closer to. Let's see. Is he older than that? I think he might be a little older than that. Let's see. Tyreek Hill is. He'll be. He'll be. He's twenty six now. He'll be twenty seven. So in the twenty twenty one season. So do uh, Tyreek Hill? He's thirty. He'll be fine. He's he's sort of in his late prime right now. The reason why D, there, there's a, a case for DK Metcalf is he'll only be 23, yeah, and he's been really wow. good. But, but with but with this, yeah, like DK Metcalf's like a year older than your or a year younger than your boy Dwayne Eskridge. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I just with the DK Metcalf stuff, are you doing anything with him or any of these? Seattle guy, do you, do you have any worry that this is going to get done with him? How are you handling the Seattle pass catchers now that it feels like he now now it feels like he wants out? Um, Metcalf, I'm not so worried about because I think he's you know the kind of guy that you just throw it up to <laughs> and he can get it for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, but there 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 are a lot of those. I guess there aren't a lot of DK Metcalfs. No, he's he's singular talent. I mean Tyler Lockett. I think maybe is who I, I'm a little bit more. Worried I have about. zero fucking interest in Tyler Lockett. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about him on the pod. Um, all right, and then let's see here. One other thing: um, do, do you think that in this in this group of guys, I would just like to hear who you would want most? All three come with some probably probably some warts, but definite upside. What about here in this area where you've sort of gotten through probably the top, you know, 24 running backs or so, and you're getting into basically the round six, seven turn of a, a again, a best ball redraft startup type of type of scenario between Cortland Sutton, who will be returning from injury with a shitty quarterback and newfound competition for targets and Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Noah fan, LaVisca Chenault, who, you know, not as much competition for targets coming in with an elite new quarterback prospect, what should be a more dynamic offense, brand new coach, new system, probably somebody that'll be able to use him in all kinds of creative ways in urban Meyer. 
Your boy, you, Matt Ke- your boy Matt Kelly wants to take LaVisca Chenault to this wide receiver one, it seems like. Well, he Matt's smart. Um, and then Juju Smith-Schuster, who we don't know where he's going to end up. It could be anywhere. And even though he was basically thought of as dynasty wide receiver one as, as little as like two years ago, we are now in a situation where we don't know where he's going to be playing. We don't know if he's getting any good as a number one. I know we had the one bad season where we had fucking Duck Hodges and all this bullshit. But then post Antonio Brown, we've now had a season with Big Ben healthy and the offense seemingly, you know, clicking at all gears and actually being one of the most pass heavy offenses at times last year that we've seen out of the Steelers because they couldn't get the run game going. And Juju wasn't Juju. Who do you like out of those three? Cortland Sutton, LaVisca Chanel, or Juju Smith-Schuster, sight unseen as far as his his free agent landing spot? I like – I mean, LaVisca Chenault is a sexy pick for me right there. I just – considering his upside and considering he could have a really good quarterback there and if the offense opens up for him, if they open up the offense for LaVisca Chenault, um, I think he could – I think he could be a more dynamic receiver than DJ Shark. I mean, conceivably, he could be their leading receiver at the end of the season. Cortland Sutton's got a lot more competition there in Denver. Um, and then who was the who was the other one? Uh, Sutton, Lavisca, and um, Juju. Juju. Uh I would probably say Ah, Cortland is probably who I would. And then and and then Lavisca second, Juju third. Exactly. Exactly how I have him priced in trash, man. We're on point. All right. uh, Let's talk now about your overrated the most this is what you called me up early this morning saying, Alex, we gotta get on the fucking pod. I got some players I gotta talk about. Some overvalued players. What do you got, Trash Man? Ah, uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. <laughs> just um, woke up, just woke up, just fucking rearing to go. Just had a, <laughs> just pit, just pitching a tent there in bed, just thinking about come, come, coming here on YouTube talking about players in fantasy who are overvalued for that for that oh so important keyword. I think overvalued to start off, it's going to be Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette for me. I, I mean, I think that that makes sense because, you know, I see them on the cheat sheet. I've put them in both in their own tier that's down here. Right. Actually, right. Or, well, would you, who would you rather have between those two? I want you to talk about why you think so. But literally, they're on the same. Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are on the same line as Cortland's on the same lines as Cortland Sutton and LaVisca Chenault um, on the on the cheat sheet. So it's funny. It's like that exact same area, six, seven turn. Yeah. Is where I sort of have him priced in, um, and you do see him going earlier than that. So I agree with you that they're that both those guys are overvalued. Would you rather? Cons- let's say you let's say your roster construction was, let's say you're in the seven, you're at the early seventh round, and your roster construction so far is three running backs, three wide receivers. W- would you and you have all those op- all five of those options available to you? Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cortland Sutton. LaVisca Chanel, what are you going to do with that? I put those running backs at the end of those wide receivers. Okay. Well, then, so why do you think that they're overvalued? 
Because, um, because well, uh, are you, are Jones you, is Jones is going at at um, RB twenty five in twelve team best ball leagues. Let's see. Um, Fournette's is RB twenty six. We have him as twenty eight and twenty nine, but yeah, if so, yeah. I think they're overvalued too. If that's what For, I'm doing, Fournette. I was looking at a stat. He was actually he actually broke zero tackles <laughs> that's in twenty twenty. That can't be true. That's wild. Man. He he broke zero tackles on ninety seven car in ninety seven carries. Um, I guess Jones ran pretty well, but um, yeah, I RB twenty five. That's just I don't know. I I don't like either of those guys. You don't even think that they're high end RB threes. Uh, because because that's literally what it's like the it's the best rb3 is is uh running back 25 and i can't believe i can't believe Leonard fournette only carried the ball 95 times or whatever 95 times last 97 times crazy man huh um who else would you say would be available around then running back wise no one I mean, you st- like after him, you start getting down to guys like Raheem Mostert, James Conner. I mean, Miles fucking Gaskin. You know, do you like Damian Harris better than either of them? Looks uh, like Sony- potentially, I might like Miles Gaskin more than either of them. Oh, you can't like trash man. That guy sucks. He, they're they're gonna. They've already said there's absolutely no way that they're gonna leave that guy as the <laughs> as the lead back man. Like. He, he had a good year. I, I don't think he sucks. He he won a fantasy – helped win a fantasy league for me. What, what do you what do you think of this A.J. Dillon bullshit? Do, I mean, are you – do you think that – are you just going to buy into him around this time if he's available, just hoping that Aaron Jones walks away? He looked pretty good in a, in a limited sample size. If, if we get a platoon with just him and Jamal Williams, that could be interesting. Yeah, if there's no – if there's no Aaron Jones, then well, yes. Buying well, into AJ. I feel, I feel like taking a shot on A.J. Dillon there rather than – I don't know. I don't feel I'm not excited about Jones or Fournette. I like that. I I like that. I think that AJ Dillon should be up there with those guys. I I, I like taking a shot on AJ Dillon. So I'm gonna move I'm gonna move him up. You guys can find version 1.1 1. 1, uh on the site, hopefully in the next couple of days. Um all right. Any 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 other overvalued players? Yes. Hold on, but what about Fournette? I mean, what you think he's overvalued just because you don't know where he's gonna land. You don't know if he's going to stay in the same place. If it's going to, I mean, it's murky around him, and he hasn't been that. Like you said, he didn't break any tackles, but it feels just like there towards the end. I mean, he was Super Bowl Lenny, Super Bowl Lin, playoff Lin. <laughs> Someone's going to pick him up. I, I don't know if they'll make him their feature back. But here's the thing, dude: these teams hold on to their priors, and a lot of teams had top ten ish evaluations on Leonard Fournette. You know? Yeah. I I, ne- I was never that much of a believer in Lennon Fournette as you guys I know. were. I know you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he looked good in the playoffs. Um, I think maybe he plays hard when he's when something's on the line. But I I just I I, I want I'd rather take shots on younger guys and with more upside than than either of those guys really. All right, who else? TJ Hawkinson. Well, that's a weird guy to you to think is why would you think he's overvalued just because you hate Jared Goff so much? <laughs> I do hate Jared Goff. Um 
I think that perhaps like I'd rather have like a Johnu Smith or a Kyle Pitts, um, or maybe even Hayden Hurst in the second year of the Falcons. What about Tyler? What about Tyler Higby? If there's no Gerald Everett with the Rams, hey, that might be a pick pick too. Rather than like a Hawkinson who's a, a top eighty pick right now. Yeah, we have Hawkinson basically. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, you want Robert Tunyon more than TJ Hawkinson right now, right? Yeah. It's hard, but it's hard. I mean, Hawkinson is, was such a good prospect. It's hard to get think, that out of your head. And also, Kenny Galladay might not be back. Marvin Jones is going to be gone. It's, yeah, I mean, all those – yeah, I just think considering – just looking at the tight end position, especially like last season, and it just – wait – put. A top 80 pick on a tight end and what probably isn't going to be that exciting in offense, it's it's hard for me to do. And mid and mid-round tight ends have traditionally not been not been very good bets at all. That I guess that was a little bit different this year with the people that decided to take Darren Waller. But other than that, it's just our friend JJ Zacharyson's done studies on that. It's like, you know, if you're not going to take an elite tight end, just just wait. These, you know, it's the late round breakout guys with some athleticism are the guys who you should be targeting. Yeah. You got any more of these? What do you got? Like one? You got like one more of these? Who's a who's an overvalued fantasy player early on? Um, one more. Okay, Devontae Parker. What about him? I um, I always think he's a little overvalued. Tied for 82nd in yards per target. Out of 153 um, qualified pass catchers, um, receiving yards per game went down from 2019 from 75 to 56. Um, his touchdowns went from nine to four. Um, he didn't seem to have the same um, connection with Tua that he did with um, with Fitzmagic. No one does. Tua sucks. <laughs> Um, so those, things I'm not saying, he, I'm not saying he sucks, but man, two, no. it didn't, two, it didn't look good last year. No. So uh, those things considered, I just, I'm not as bullish on a Devonte Parker, especially in that offense. Do you think Tua sucks? You can admit it, Trashman. You kind of think he sucks. I kind of think he sucks. I, I think he kind of sucks, but we've seen quarterbacks worse than him, him improve. There you have it. Trash man thinks Tua Tunga Bailoa sucks. <laughs> <laughs>